Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 347 of the podcast with my guest, Lily May, musician extraordinaire. I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope everyone's doing well and looking forward to a wonderful Halloween for those of you who celebrate the holiday and are listening to this on Thursday the 31st when this particular episode comes out. May I just say, may all your candy be edible if you so desire. Enjoy the episode. How are you? You're in the midst, like you're in the thick of it, um, recording, yeah? Yeah, no, um, just, we just, uh, I've been, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, recording on, different projects, just, you know, stuff for fun, or I recorded on a gospel album this week, but... Um, oh, nice. I'm not recording any new music currently, but uh, I just had... I was just out on the road for, like, almost a month, so I've been home for a, a short spell, so... Gotcha. Just, so there's that, but um, no, nothing nothing crazy. Oh, gotcha. I, I think I... When Greg was saying that you were working, uh, I think I thought you were in the studio, but that makes more sense that you were out on the road on tour and stuff. Um, yeah. How, I mean, I, we do a lot of studio stuff, though. Yeah. Have sure. you had a, a chance to, to relax a little? You said you've you kind of just got back. Or how long does it take for you to sort of um, get back into the groove? What, as soon as I got home, there's this... Nashville has just the worst allergies ever right now. So oh. I've just been like, I've been, I swear, I waited all month to get sick, you know, you know, oh, when you're, yeah. when you're out and you're in something and you just can't afford. So as soon as I got home, it just, it just hit like a freight train. So I've just been, uh, just been doing that. But, um, we had a show the other day at a local venue. Um, and that was, it was a, it was a, it was a hometown show and it, it was really fun. So that was cool. But, um, there's a there's um kind of have a little uh, downtime, which so I will do some recording for fun and stuff, probably. Nice. Writing a little bit when you're out on tour and stuff. Is that um, do you get into kind of the mode of just doing that, or or do you have do you find that like your process is that you sort of have you know kind of weird downtime where maybe you're kind of tired but kind of awake and you get and you and you are struck with ideas for writing or do you kind of have like I'm in this mode I'm not necessarily going to be sitting down to do some writing while I'm in the middle of doing this exhausting you know tour it's always different I th I the, you know for me it's a it's I, I I wrote a couple things on that last tour the last tour I was playing fiddle with um and opening for Robert Plant so it was a, it was a little different. So I was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our normal go out and, you know, open shows or whatever. It was, a, it was, a, um, it was a little different. I had a lot of material to work on for his band. Oh, sure. So I was just kind of a wreck and just trying really hard to focus on his music. So when you when you say you were a wreck, was it the sort of like did you was it just the sense of nervousness of you know this is this is Robert Plant we're talking about here and you know yes yes I'm working with him so clearly you know I mm -hmm. deserve to be but sometimes the well, little voice in your head is like yeah but but do you which is very normal right 
Right. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I just certainly don't feel deserving of, of it. You know, I feel uh, very lucky to have been there and got, I'm glad I got to be a part of, of that and be around such cool, amazing and unique and talented people. Um, but uh, definitely a lot of pressure for me. And also like I always like everything musically that I do is, uh, is by ear. So like, you know, as far as like learning songs and learning parts and everything, I really, I don't have a good way of doing that because of everything is so modern and technical and you just get sent files from England, you know? So it's like, mm. cool, everything, all the material and everything that I'm working on is in a file that I could barely even open. Oh, no. So, you know, I'm like, if, if I, so that's where like my struggles are or were all, always in that kind of, it's my own, it's my own fault for not being tech, technically savvy, but it hinders your ability to like, just like hammer, hammer shit out. Like, yeah. you know, like every, most, most musicians that I work with or play with or whatever, like everybody reads charts or like, you know, it's just like, that's like easy. If you just read plug, you can just write down on whatever bar you're, and I'm like, right. I don't even, I'm so lost. <laughs> so I just like listen and listen and listen and memorize stuff and anyway it just that's I made myself sick just like yeah. in fear that I wasn't you know going to do a good enough job and thankfully like it fi finally calmed down and like you know just had a great time but oh good oh I'm glad you you gave yourself that opportunity yeah <laughs> no I mean that's like I right. I I, I I had to learn sheet music, you know, very early when I was taking piano lessons that I don't even remember as many kids don't remember ever saying I wanted to do. They just were happening all of a sudden. And then that I didn't stick <laughs> right. with, you know, and that but then I was learning guitar when I was in fifth grade. And so I had to read, you know, sheet music for classical guitar. But that is so so what has stayed in my mind is just enough for me to be able to once I kind of know the song it, like I'm not necessarily identifying the notes as like okay and that's an E flat and then we jump to a C it's more just like oh yeah the music goes down here like right. it's, sort of, it's like a little bit of right. a cheat sheet but it is certainly not you know reading a chart in any kind of like legit way right. so I totally right. relate I absolutely relate it's it's and and I think you know for me the block I, is is kind of like um for me the block and 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 tell me if if there's any part of this that that kind of you connect with is is that I'm now I'm so sunken deep into like that's how I learn and that's how I perform that um, I've I've now I've just like kind of given up on the idea of being like a technical reader like the, I'm sort of at the age now where I'm like no 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 this is my process is it broken absolutely right. does it super stress <laughs> right. me out yes but like this is what's got me to this point. So I don't want to break it and then like p potentially lose some other characteristic that is positive of my process, you know? Right. Ay, ay, ay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you started, you, and you started playing so young. Yeah. Did you, you started playing young and, and if you had a natural 
talent for it, then, you know, that's kind of a different situation than having to like plod through not being good and really having to hammer out sheet music and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, the rest of my siblings, like, or not the rest of them, but most of them, they could read music and they took classical lessons and, and they all do the numbers and charts and all that stuff. And like, there's no telling why I didn't pick up on it. I'm like, why didn't I get that? Because, like, surely it could be beneficial, especially, like, when you're playing with so many people. If you're playing, like, Nashville gigs where you're just, like, playing with people that you've never played with before. And so my sister will be, like, on mandolin. She'll just, like, you know, go to the bass player. She'll just be, like, one, four, five, you know, oh seven, seven major, you know, she just like, she'll either hold up the numbers on her hand, like quickly in between, you know, just like, and it's like, you can play with people you've, that have never even heard the songs before. Wow. Which is crazy, but yeah. like, it's a thing, you know, but like, yeah. not me, not, not me. <laughs> Where do you fall in? Are you the, are you like a middle child? Are you oldest? Are you youngest? Where do you fall in your family's? Um... Last of the line. Mm-hmm. The baby. Yes. Well, there's your answer. The baby didn't have to learn music. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, totally. Uh, listen, you could have said anything, and I'm sure I could have justified you We get you away with sheet music. a lot, right? Yeah, I, you could be like, I'm the oldest, and I'd be like, well, there you go. You knew something, and then the kids had to follow in your footsteps, so they had to read sheet music. Like, it's all bullshit. But uh, um, <laughs> That's so funny. But but uh, but that's, I mean, that's really, uh, well, you know what? Let's put it even to a little more context. Um, where did you grow up, and could you tell us a little bit more about your family of musicians? Yes, uh, my family has been in Nashville for 20 years in January. Before that, we lived in North Carolina, and before that was South Carolina. Before that was Branson, Missouri, and South Texas. So we we got our start in Branson. We lived in a motorhome. We lived in South Texas like six months every year, six months out of the year. So, but uh, we always traveled around. I was born in Northern Illinois, but my family left when I was one. So we've just, you know, Nashville mostly. The mystique of Branson um, is so different that like, I feel like Nashville is kind of understood by people even who haven't been there, um, uh-huh. you know, as ha- as being this, you know, just kind of like bastion of, of amazing um, uh, music composition and recording and, 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 and as much as, you know, um, like country western music may be associated with it there's so much stuff that comes out of there that is you know to from hip-hop to folk to bluegrass to and whereas Branson I think has this you know weird iconic place for so many people where like like me I've I've never been there um I only have an image of it in my mind as pertains to like the sort of you know idea of it being family entertainment the, like the Vegas of families or, or whatever that saying is totally. that, that it sounds like it's a like it's a real scene and it, it, it from what I hear it really, it really does sound like there's no other place like it in America is that fair to yeah. say yeah I was going to ask you if you if you'd been from the I sounds of it go. sounds like you've been there hi listen I w- I gotta go there I'm really bad about yeah it. man you should go <sighs> I gotta um, go I always want to go for Christmas because they have like these crazy Christmas, they just really deck, they deck it out for Christmas. I thought you were going to say like, deck the halls, which I was very comfortable with. Well. <laughs> right. <laughs> they right. really deck them. Right. <laughs> I bet they do. I bet that's Christmas paradise. 
it's it really is. They they go all out, and we had uh, we grew up like we would play at the mall, so we played at the Branson Mall, like we would play outside of it and stuff like like busking, so like, like like or like yeah, like a setup game. totally. That's amazing. There was there was a couple of theaters, Mutton Hollow. It's not there anymore. It's something else now. Yeah, we got we got started there, and we had like our own theater. <laughs> you know, like Branson is like oh my gosh, it really is such a unique place. But also just like I mean, like for people like my dad or something like who's starting out a family band, a bunch of kids who can barely play and sing, <laughs> and like. They're like, where do you get in him? And my dad, who never even thought about like, oh, this isn't, this place isn't appropriate for kids. Like he would never think that. He was just thinking gigs, gigs, gigs. Sure. You know, like just anything, anything. But like places like that, like now that I'm, you know, grown, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like who's going to go see a bunch of freaking three-year-olds and five-year-olds and seven-year-olds? It's so weird <laughs> to think about. But like I'm, you know, grateful the way it all happened but like you know so like yeah Branson really it is a very unique place where there is there is an atmosphere for like family bands and stuff so we really lucked out by being there I think yeah I'm actually very sad to hear that a place called Mutton Hollow has closed down that's a it's <laughs> pretty pretty great name uh R.I.P. Right. Mutton Hollow um, right so what so was your experience moving around so much I mean I, I guess I don't know how often you were moving but obviously you named yeah. a lot of places I mean we lived it we lived in the in the motorhome for sure so we like you know some years we were in a different place every day like or you know even if we, if we were in Texas or something like we were all over the place and yeah. we played you know a lot of bluegrass festivals and but we also like we played a different church like we would play a different church every Sunday basically or whenever if we if we could get that many bookings you know so yeah. we would play a church somewhere in the country Sunday morning then play a different one Sunday night maybe play a different church Wednesday and then a different one Sunday so we just like tra- we traveled so much but mostly, like, we didn't hit, like, the West Coast till, you know, far later. So it was just, like, you know, Omaha. There's a lot of places, a lot of, like, festivals, bluegrass festivals or, like, family festivals. A lot of places you could play in, like, Nebraska, Iowa, um, Texas, loads of places. You play loads of theme. Like, we grew up playing RV parks, the rec oh, wow. halls, recreation halls at RV parks. It was, like, cool. It was an activity for people who lived there to get out and go to the rec hall and see a family band play. You know, sure. it's like there's a huge market for that in Texas, which is just crazy. Gosh, that's so, yeah, it really is the whole, that there's, when you're involved in something that's so specific and it's normal to you because that's kind of all you've ever known, um, it must be so, even when you were little, were you, were you meeting people along the way who were sort of like, wow, I can't believe you guys do this. Like, you know, this isn't quote unquote normal, whatever that actually means. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I think, you know, definitely like we, we kind of, we had it together enough that it seemed like, you know, it was going all right. Like, you know, musically or whatever, everyone could play and everyone like, you know, we weren't, we weren't, we were, you know, it was hokey. It was a hokey joke <laughs> now looking back. But like musically and everything, like we were all right. We weren't bad. What if you, I mean, I guess your dad really lucked out. Like he must have really just had the sense that that was going to work out because 
How sad. He if- he did, man. He's a he's yeah. a he's a he's a bold person and he's a big personality and he uh, he did luck out because like he doesn't sing or anything. He plays bass. He's an upright bass player, but he's a real like showman. Yeah. You know, he he really did luck out that that all his kids could just naturally play. I mean, he definitely like made it happen. And like everyone like had to, we were forced to. It wasn't like, oh, I want to play this. It was like, yeah, you were going to be the band, but like everyone could not, had natural talent, which was, he really did luck out. But I think like you know there were times where like you know like people would definitely like situations would happen where like uh, people like would be like, what's going on? There, there's no you know people. If you looked a little too close, then we would probably just roll to the next town. You know, oh, interesting. Like, no, like why aren't these kids in like, school? What's happening? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nobody was enrolled in school. Nobody was registered. Yeah. Oh, shit, we didn't even have birth certificates till my sister had to get my oldest sister had to get her license. So it was like it was like it's just like a bunch of like Whoa, that's non- amazing. But also my dad got away with it because I think they probably were easier back then on like schooling stuff like nobody was ever registered in anything. So, like, it was, we were always okay, but, like, there were some, you know, you would encounter some people that would, you know, we had, there was different, like, people called child services on us, like, growing up, like, probably several times. One time we had a pet pig that lived in the motorhome <laughs> with us, and, like, people called child services thinking that that we were getting abused because that thing was squealing like crazy. Oh, no. And, like, <laughs> oh, no. you know, like... It was just like, no, it's just a pig, you know. <laughs> but, like, oh. he ended up, we again gave him back to the people that we got him from, and they, like, he ended up getting, like, ticks and fleas Aww. along with, like, these people's, like, dog. They had, like, a litter of dogs. Sure. And um, and they just put them all in a bag and tied them up and threw them in the Royal. <laughs> no! Because <laughs> oh, they no. thought they had, like, some disease, but really they just had ticks and fleas. Oh, it was like, no. okay, cool, we should have kept the damn pig. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That in and of itself is, like, a sad song. I hope there's a song out there about your poor pig. <laughs> I know. Right? I always think about that 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 pig, that poor pig. What was the pig's name? <laughs> I don't know why I'm making myself more sad by finding out its name. That's only going to make it worse. I can't remember. Okay, it's probably for the best. Uh, yeah. It's probably for right. the best. I remember the deer's name, but I don't remember the pig. Well, uh-oh. We had a skunk. We had a pet skunk, Larkin. We had a deer. My sister saved a baby deer one time, and we kept it for a long time. In the While you're moving around, you have a full-size yes. deer? Yes. It what? was crazy. So we lived in a 35-foot motorhome, seven people. How many animals? You know, German oh shepherds, my. cats, birds, hamsters, dogs, um, pigs. It was nuts. I mean, I naturally, of course, would have assumed that pets would be off the table since you guys were moving around so much. And, nah, I, and I am dead wrong. <laughs> we always had them, but they were always very well behaved. You know, it wasn't like they were run loose. We were we were all very well behaved, on, you know. Yeah. So... <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hello, this 
This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm-hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident, realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Was there a sense of, um, you know, we're very special in this way, or we are special in the way that many of these families are special, which is that we're sort of living off the grid in a, in, in a very real way. If you didn't have birth certificates and stuff, and yeah, um, totally. and what and what an interesting story that well, is. My, you know, my did dad your dad was always yeah. afraid of the end of the world. You know, he was like, um, they're not going to get us. You know. Like, 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 does and does that have a religious connotation to it as well? Because I wanted to ask you about the churches that you guys were playing. We just we played anything. We really did any religion. Like we ended up like there was one. You know, there were a couple. Like we would visit like African American churches. We would visit Spanish churches, like Mexican churches, like especially in Texas. You know, like we've we visited and performed at and went to loads of different types of stuff. So, like, I feel like in ways, like, we had it, like, so cool because, like, we got to see that stuff and, like, that's, like, amazing, you know, the way, like, some people worship, you know, their leader as opposed to others. That's, like, way better and cooler and more fun and real. And But, uh, no, like, we weren't, like, a certain, you know, like, I guess, like, people would say, like, Baptist or Southern Baptist. We were just, like, super strict but because my dad was always just chasing the gig, it didn't matter what it was. It was like it could have been Catholic or Pentecostal or whatever. Yeah. How does he finding? How was he finding out about these gigs? You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I really don't like. Well, I mean, sometimes like we would look in. We would have phone books and like we would call. My sister Scarlett was like she booked the band. She was nine years old. She did all the bookings basically. She booked the bluegrass festivals, the gigs. Like you know, it's like you'd luck out and like some gigs were better, and you know you'd have like actual like promoters and stuff, or like you'd have you know word of mouth, like or like you'd played them before, so they brought you back every year, stuff yeah. like that. But like loads of it growing up was just like literally looking through the phone book and calling every single church. Wow. And just booking, that's how we booked, you know? Did you start to find that there were certain types of churches that you would kind of look forward to or that there was something about the vibe that, that like appealed to you in a different way? No, probably, you know, I don't, I don't, I think, you know, we always, we were very, we were very lucky. Like we had a lot of great experiences. We had some weird experiences. Like one time we went to play a church that, you know, nobody knew. Uh, it was like a white supremacist church. Oh, no. And like it was awful. So we're like sitting there as a family like in this sermon and my dad just like gets us up and he's like time to go. We And we left. So like he realized what it was. And as soon as he realized what it was, we we left. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, no, like it was just crazy. It was like you don't know what's going to happen. But oh. that's, you know, how we were very poor growing up and like 
So like that was like huge. It was like cool if you play at church on Sunday, then most likely you're gonna get fed because they're gonna have potluck dinner, you sure. know. So like that was a whole. It was a whole scene of like cool. You get a love offering. You know, you know, you won't make much, but like you might make enough money to get to the next church and you'll get fed. So like, I mean, there were a couple of things, you know, that, that we would look forward to. Like there was one particular one in like Brownsville, Texas that we, you know, I always, I remember always liking that one better probably because like they had a more creative like Sunday school because we always had to go to that stuff, you know. Mm. Was there, what were there, and, and also I would imagine like depending on where you are at any given time that certain seasons would be potentially more appealing to, to be out on the road and like, you know, it did, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. We were out regardless. Yeah. We were out in blizzards, you know, and my dad was always underneath the van or motorhome fixing it in blizzards and rain or shine or we just, you know, it was going to happen. He was determined. Yeah. Did you have um, much time to yourself? Did you find, I mean, first of all, it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you didn't want it, it then no big deal. But were, were you the kind of kid who sort of had still an inclination to sort of get off and have a little time on your own? Not at all. Not I at all. I spent my first day without being with a sibling. I was 19. Whoa. Like, I was wow, like, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was like, no, I've never had. That's never been a thing. And because of that, being in a very super, super close family or whatever, I'm like, I don't do I don't do good alone here in the real world, here in adult life as yeah. it is now. I'm like, I would do much better living on a compound or in a commune type situation. And I'm like, I can't I can barely hold it together by wow. myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, how I often mean, and also you? being, oh, you know, very independent at the same time in ways. Right you know, been extremely independent and like been, you know, on my own or supporting myself since I was 11. So I'm like, yeah, in those ways, yes. But like, as far as like being like mentally sound and fit, like here, wake up and feed yourself. Like, it's like, okay, cool. I can't, I still can't (laughs) seem to manage that one. (laughs) Well, is, where is the rest of your family? I mean, are you guys still nearby? Are you still seeing a lot of them just every day? Yeah. Oh yeah, and always see each other all the time. I'll I'll definitely see them later today. Um, we play together a lot. My oldest sister lives in Toronto, but uh, everyone else is like real close. I live like five houses down from my mother, and like we're now I'm like we see each other a lot. How many? So how many kids in the family? I should have asked that a long time ago, but um, oh, can no, you break no, it down five. for us? Yeah, five in the that uh, gospel recording that I did. There was uh, my. Um, boyfriend's uh, brother and his 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 uh you know band from uh praise and worship band like from texas his brothers like they were in town and he was you know doing a little record for them it, it was so funny being around people like that because like my dad's one of 13 and like the piano player in this band that came down from texas like and i've met them before a few times but uh he's like one of 12 and they grew up like, you know, on a compound, super religious, just like, so I was like, man, it was funny. Like I've been in it this week more than like I yeah. have in a long time, you know? So I was saying there are five of us, which is nothing compared to, you <laughs> 13, know, 12, yeah. 13 or 12, like, holy cow. So did you, did when you came into the picture, um, had your dad already, I mean, was it really sort of like as each kid came of age to be able to even hold an instrument was it like here's what you're gonna do or is it like 
<laughs> or is it like you, that they, there was you and then there were five of you and then it was like, guys, we're all going to start to play instruments. Yeah, it was all it was all at the same time, basically. Gotcha. Um, but like he had played, he had a band with his br- some of a couple of his brothers and his brother's wife. They had a bluegrass band and he was so driven and determined and he was more driven than all of them or any of the outfits that he was participating in. Like my dad, like he played with uh, this band, the Kennedys, like he played on the Opry and stuff Wow. before I was born. Um, so like he was, you know, he was like making his way in music, but he really did. He was just so determined and he was from a, you know, a, you know, middle of Illinois, like way out, way out in the sticks. And just like, he, he just was like a, you know, he was a professional musician in a, in a place, living in a place where there just wasn't many people doing that. So like, I know that he just like in his, like his band with his brothers and stuff, like they just never, I think that they weren't active enough they were so good. They're great. And especially like my, my uncle Mark and his wife, Lynn, like they, they make beautiful music. She's a great songwriter and like, they're awesome. And, and like, you know, looking back now and seeing their band then, like they were awesome. But I know he was just more serious about it than everyone else when his own troupe was, you know, old enough to play. But it just all kind of happened very quickly. I mean, it was like, you know, my brother was seven years old and he just like all of a sudden is like in two weeks he's picked up the guitar and now he's performing on stage you know and my brother is just like a unbelievable musician like my dad he just lucked he lucked the fuck out he just didn't <laughs> like that they could even and they were four like they were like the older ones they had it way harder than than I did you know they would they were forced to play to like riffomatics and metronomes and shit like in CDs like they were just like they were forced to play at a minimum of 8 hours a day every day Oof. and just like so like it was like you know he was determined and anyway yeah. but their relationship to music has stayed positive yeah even through like those that sort of feeling it, of because that's so, absolutely yeah that's what's so I think but fascinating. like everyone has yeah. issues like right, right. If you're, or like if you're like you know it's like cool like that's the, the the weird thing it's so weird to do music like you know I've for me I'm like yeah it's everything I've ever known it's all I've ever done every day of my life yeah. but like you know also loving it like because we could hate it or be bitter and never touch it again or like yeah, exactly. but obviously it's too powerful in you but like there are times like for instance if you're sick or something you have to sing and you have to because it's your profession and it's what you have to do at times it's like it can really that's the stuff where it like strains on your heart and you like get like bitter about stuff is like if you if it if you can't sing because you've had you know bronchitis or something and then you have a show that you have to play because you just can't miss it or you can't cancel it or something that's where it's like that's bullshit and that sucks and that's you know or like if you have like negative bouts or you're in negative places and you have to perform you know music with like just regardless whatever or uh whatever the situation is yeah like it can be like at those dark times 
you do see people kind of like slip a little bit. You know, we've mm-hmm. all done it. You know, where like you'll get like bitter about something and you and you don't want it to affect the music or taint the music. But if the situation's a bitter situation, it's just going to happen regardless. And that's that's where it sucks. Right. That's where it's like you just want music to be such a positive thing, and it isn't always. And some people never see that. Yeah. You know, it's always positive for some people or people that, like, are so extremely driven. Like, this town is full of people that got into music. They are so dedicated and driven, and they are going to be there. And then you've got the people that have been doing it their whole lives. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be happy to play. But, like, I'm like, I admire your, you know, your... uh whatever, um, your give a fuck, you know, because I, <laughs> mine's hard to find sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's because that applies right to not just, um, music, but it, anybody who, who has sort of, you know, it's like Venus and Serena, right? I mean, anything, anything that your parent decides for you that is maybe, um, considered a leisure activity by other people or, you know, something again that you like, you would have to start that early to be that good um, from the outside. There is that kind of mixed sense of kind of wonder and I think also sympathy, right? Or, or you know, at, at its very worst pity, which is kind of a useless, a useless thing for anyone to feel for anyone because it doesn't do anyone any good. But, right. um, but that, that sense of like, oh my God, how extraordinary that, that, you know, that something could be kind of driven into you whether you wanted it to be there or not, and that it would still, um, I don't know. It's, it's really fascinating to me because you're, you're absolutely right. You know, for someone, and I'm sure it does happen with some people that just, they turn away from it and they're like, I just can't this, this to me feels too much like, you know, a, 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 a responsibility that, you know, I don't want it to feel like, but I, I, I think that the getting to that place where you can sort you can both acknowledge that, you know, to your point, especially about your siblings, like, you know, that wasn't really fair. And it kind of sucked, like, theoretically, when you kind of look at it, it's like, that kind of sucks, or it really sucks. And yet, at the end of the day, your dad gets to point at your siblings and go, aha, but you still love music, and you still love right. performing, and you still love your instruments, like, I must have been right. Right, totally. <laughs> Not as much as he still loves it. <laughs> no, just kidding, man. No one Don't will ever any, top him. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, what sense did you have of the kind of cultural outside world beyond what you guys were doing? I mean, was that was there? Did you guys, as you said, you were you didn't have money, so were were, were you guys seeing? You know, were you watching television ever? Were you, were you, was there like a, oh my God, this is a rare occasion in which like everybody goes to see this movie or anything like that? No, one time when we lived in Branson, someone gave us tickets to go see the IMAX. I can't even, I don't remember the film, but I do remember that our friends, another family band, were in the preview for the movie. What? Yeah, so like we went to the IMAX once as a family, but. We didn't go to movies ever. Never. I never. That was the only movie I ever went to growing up. And um, we did not have a TV growing up. We were not allowed to watch TV or anything like that. We were not allowed to, like, have regular friends or, like, associate with, like, yes. Yes, you could socialize with people at the shows and stuff, of course, and talk to everyone. We were, like, trained to go and talk to every single person, shake every person's hand. And, 
you know, like that type of thing. But like at the end of the day, we weren't allowed to socialize with people because they were worldly, you know. So we were we completely even at the churches. Absolutely. Wow. We lived in a box and uh, didn't have outside friends. There was like, you know, a couple people that we knew from like other homeschooled people like from Illinois or whatever, or people like families we lived with in Texas, other homeschooled families, people that would take us in and like let us stay with them for extended periods of time and stuff. But like, so I'm like, I don't have, I have no childhood friends. I have like, you know, I'm friends with my aunts and uncles and stuff and people that were around at times, but like, So, like, thankfully, and I'm, like, I'm always so grateful that, like, my dad left when he did because, for me, I'm, like, I was young, but, like, it was, like, it was just the best thing that ever happened because we were able to somehow, like, unlike a lot of people that I know or grew up with, like, people, like, that grow up so strict like that, sometimes they never come out of that, you know? Mm. And I'm so grateful that my family was able to their... um, you know, everyone is great and thriving, really. When did that? When did that? When did that happen? I, th- I mean, it's, it was. It, it wasn't like, oh, this happened. It was like, my two oldest sisters, like my dad left, and like, my sisters went as soon as my sister Scarlett turned eighteen, which my sister Amberdon is four years older than her, but like, Amberdon waited for Scarlett, mm-hmm. so like, Amberdon stayed for Scarlett, and then as soon the day Scarlett turned eighteen, they got an apartment in Nashville. They left, we were living like in Murfreesboro, like 45 minutes down the road. And so like they got an apartment and they were free and my sister started playing on Broadway. Like it was just like that. Wow. Like, and it was like, cool. We had been socialized enough at like events and festivals and everything that was like, but it was a slow, I mean, like, you know, like my family was very backwards. Um, we all know that everyone's very open about it. It's not like. It's not like, oh, so-and-so still, you know, like, it's like, yeah, everyone was really screwed up and we got out of it. Yeah. Like uh, another girlfriend of mine who we play with a lot, she, like, I I was, I worked with her yesterday morning and then we ended up, like, chatting afterwards for a little while and, like, she grew up in a straight cult in Mexico and she, Mexico and Arizona and, like, she escaped in her 20s. She, you could, like, I'm, like, from growing up, like, a homeschooler and stuff, like, I'm, like, I can smell it from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so, like, I've known this girl for, like, 10 years or something. And kind of, you know, and I've always known, like, little bits about it, but I didn't know, like, how much. And, like, just, like, finding out, like, it's, like, wow, like, that's amazing. You, like, literally escaped from a complete cult at 20-something, 20 21, 22 or something. You know, yeah. and, like, that's just, like, that's insane. Yeah. That's, like... Kudos, man. Yeah. You got out in your in your normal. You're you know, I'm I'm doing quotations with my fingers. Right. Like, yeah, totally. You're like serve you own your own house, you're surviving in the real world. Her siblings aren't. You know, she has a brother that's homeless and he's on the streets. He's schizophrenic and cr- completely crazy and <sighs> just a homeless person. You know, so yeah. it's like it's such a fine line like of a balance of like can you snap out of it? Can you not? Like, you know, like and I'm just like I'm so grateful that my family was able to like just you know through the people that we that we knew and that we met and everything everyone was able to like remain balanced and you know people outsiders you know they look at us and they'll be like they're not normal they're kooky and weird or whatever but like it's like man we are 
where everyone's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What? So what age were you? Um, I know you said it didn't happen. Like it wasn't to your point. Like you woke up one day and everything was different. Um, but what age were you when you did start having more and more contact with the outside world in terms of sort of like someone's talking about a band and you actually have the opportunity to sort of hear what this band is like because it's so far outside of what you grew up listening to or you know someone's like oh you never saw blah 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 listen that's a classic I think you'd really like it and so you actually get to be like I'm gonna rent that movie like when when did your life start to sort of shape more in that direction um it kind of uh it's it's funny it's like it's been a slow process I think, like, you know, like, after when my dad left, like, it was, like, free reign. Like, everyone did whatever. My brother, a lot of most of my music and stuff that I got, I always just, like, listened to what other people are listening to. So, like, most of, like, the music and stuff that I listen to is, like, my brother Frank would, like, be playing something. And the same goes for today. I'm, like, I don't seek out music. I'm not, like, I really, like, I just, like, kind of live in a bubble. And I just, like, listen. I know, like, I'm just, like, I rely on other people kind of to, like, help me with music like influences stuff will be like oh wow I just don't have it in me to like go out and look or maybe I will in five years I don't know but like it took me like ages and ages and ages to even get a tv I've gone most of my life without a cd player or uh any listening devices or television or anything I have one now I I'm like I take someone else to like to, to put it on you know yeah 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 like I'm like I'm just like you know, I still like hold myself back in a lot of ways, mm. you know, but like, it's just whatever. It just is what it is. Yeah. Well, were there things that you, that, that you kind of started to recognize as you, as you got older that you did that were that were, I mean, this sounds so simplistic and I really don't mean it like to be sort of overly like, and what do you like? Cause that's not, right. that's not what I mean at all. But, um, right. you know, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll use an example of my own because I think it's like, you know, sort of speaks to where I grew up and it's a very specific dumb thing that a lot of people still like either grew up liking or don't like. But for example, like, you know, I, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona, ain't nobody eating sushi in Tucson, Arizona. Like, right. no, you know what I mean? That was not a thing. And right. it wasn't until I moved to San Francisco, you know, when I was in my twenties, that's it, like, that's that's the kind of food where somebody has to, I mean, to me, I feel like somebody has to say, Hey, come with me. I really like this. Like, I think you'll like it. I know it sounds weird that it's raw fish, but you know, here it is. And maybe now in today's world, like, yes, there are places you can get sushi in Tucson, but it was so far outside of, (laughs) you know, what it would occur to me to even eat. Um, that, you know, it was like, Oh, I, I found out I like this thing. Um, you know, in my mid twenties, kind of, uh, were there things like that, that you sort of, you know, you would be kind of exposed to and kind of go, wow, this is so outside of like everything I understood about, you know, who I quote unquote was, um, growing up versus now it's like, oh, I guess I got a, I can like this B I can have access to it. And, and now it's kind of folded into this sort of idea of who I am. Right. I think, um, Like, uh, I mean, I remember, you know, it took me five times. My sister's, my sister Amber Dawn had a friend who was a banjo player, Hide. He was from Japan. And he worked at our favorite restaurant, Ichiban, which is not with, it's not, it's no longer with us. They closed Mm -hmm. down a couple years ago. But uh, 
they um they had a fire, but they um mm. I remember like that. I remember that like the first going in trying sushi for the first time, and I hated it. Yeah. I hated it for the first five times, and then uh, something changed, and I loved it. But like, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't we it? We were all like. I think, like, being such close friends as siblings and stuff, we were all very open-minded. We wanted to be open-minded so bad, and we grew up just not being able to be. And every, so but everyone kind of always, like, knew yeah. that, that there was, that it wasn't, what that our way wasn't, yeah. the, wasn't the right way. Yeah. So, like, I feel like, you know, that type of, but it was pretty, I was pretty young, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Like, my, my sister, my oldest sister, poor thing, she wasn't, she was 24, you know, when she left the nest yeah. or whatever, like it wasn't a nest; it was a shitstorm. But like, I remember like one time we were like busking for tips, playing downtown, playing for tips on the side of the street, and like she had seen someone that she knew, a fellow like musician, fellow bluegrass musician, whatever, some some guy she had a crush on, and here she is; she's like twenty years old, twenty two or something, you know. Yeah. And like, and I remember she got so embarrassed that we were playing for tips or whatever. So she, she was like, I don't, I gotta, I can't do this right now. Like she was like, I don't, I don't want to play in front of that. I don't want this person to see me or whatever. Mm. And like, so it was like, well, this is how we're making money to eat today. So anyway, she like, she, I, re I remember she like quit playing for whatever, 10 minutes or something, you know what I mean? But she didn't get to eat because she was being rebellious uh, or whatever, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. she didn't get to eat that day. So, you know, it was just like, boy, like, I'm so glad that, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. But she, you know, yeah. also, like, them being cool, they were always cool. My sisters were cool. And they basically, like, raised me. I'm yeah, like, I bet mom. they were protective of you. I was thinking, like, they must have wanted to do whatever they could but have been limited, too, and like, even, you know, how much they could kind of yeah. take care of you. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Well, I want to get into this mash game with you. And if you've never listened to the podcast, which I am fully prepared to be the truth, uh, I guarantee you, you also probably don't know what this is because it is such a like indoctrinated school, childish um, kind of materialistic game <laughs> that that okay, uh, I'm not. yeah, that 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 it that I will just say um, I'm basically what I'm going to ask you is I'm going to ask you for 
three answers for every one of these little categories that I give you. And you can just give answers kind of off the top of your head. I mean, it's I, I didn't prepare you for this. So I don't expect you to be like, oh, yes, I know exactly what my favorite X, Y and Z are. Um, it's sort of just like how you're feeling in the moment. And then we play and then we just do this little thing where in the end, your uh, alternate reality self um, has all of these uh, different things that we've given you in this game. And it's just kind of a way of ending the podcast on a on a on a fun note. So um, I will do all the heavy lifting except for just the stuff that you're going to add in that um, makes you happy. So for example, for the first one, I'm going to say uh, three. Well, let's start with three places in the world, whether you've been there or not, that it's it seems like it would be wonderful to just be able to kind of disappear into and whether it's lying on a beach or wandering around a city, um, time that's your own. It could be with your family. I'm not making you go by yourself by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, (laughs) but places that, you know, that you'd love to just like decompress. Bisbee, Arizona. Dude. I love it. Me too. My dad writes books about uh, ghost towns and mining camps. So I spent so much time in Bisbee growing up and all the places around it, like Ruby, all these ghost towns. That's so cool. I love that you love Bisbee. That for me was the first. Well, that's why I think I love San Francisco so much, which I don't know if I've ever said on the podcast before, but Bisbee and the hills and the little like kooky houses with all these hidden staircases. Yeah. Like I think that like buried itself in my psyche so early that totally, when I went man. to San Francisco, I was like, oh, a giant Bisbee. Right. L- totally. Love it. I and love same it. And San Francisco is a special place too. Right. Like, I wouldn't, I don't think I could live there personally. Yeah. But like it's, we were just there, like we've been there a couple of times in the last couple of months and just like, it's always awesome. It's such a cool town. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Bisbee is amazing. Also the town where I'm like, my family's originally from in Illinois it's like that too. It's, it's in the, it's a, you know, Illinois is flat, but like this part of Illinois is rolling hills, yeah. cornfields and like rolling hills is beautiful. Awesome. But like Galena, Illinois, it's this little historic town built in the hills and just like crazy staircases to yes. all these houses. It's the same thing. It's weird and like artsy and, but anyway, I'll have to go. Um, yeah, that's so cool. I was like, Ooh, you're from Tucson. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. I love it out there. I love that. Uh, okay, so we got Bisbee. Does Galena make it on the list, or do you want to do? Are there two more? Nope. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too too cold. Too too uh, not for me. Great. Um, so I would say I love like Mexico. I just love Mexico. We grew up going to Mexico as children, cross, and spending so much time in Texas. We crossed the border a lot, and yeah. just like different different areas and everything. So I'm like, okay, put me anywhere there. I'm a, I love the culture so much, but also I'm a cheap, cheap, I'm a cheap, I'm a cheapskate. And I'm like, I just hate how expensive everything is today right. in today's world and yeah. here and everywhere. It's not right. So I'm just like, it, 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 it rubs against me. I hate it. I get that. So I'm like any place where I could like go and like, you get more for where your you buck. can get groceries yeah. and it's like actually affordable. Yeah. So I'll take that. But like, I would say like that and uh, maybe like you know, South America or something. Great. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do, um, three. This is one that I always have to add in. Let's do three foods. It could be as specific as like this one 
brownie that you had somewhere once and you were like, why don't all brownies taste like this? Or it could just be like pizza, delicious, love it. Or in the case of me, which I think you'll relate to like guacamole or tacos, like I'm, Hell yeah. I'm pretty much good to Always. go. If I, I could eat that all day, every day. <laughs> uh, so the, so in this alternate reality, you can have the best version at, with a, a snap of your finger with zero ramifications. You're never going to feel sick after you're never going to be like, uh, how many goats were killed to make this thing? <laughs> um, so, uh, three, so three, foods potatoes is number one great regular old potatoes beans uh, limes <laughs> potatoes beans and limes i'll be satisfied potatoes, forever. Beans, avocados limes, I though love it. <laughs> i know oh. but that's it that's what i that's what i live on oh my god this is an amazing list this is truly the most amazing food list i've ever received <laughs> Uh, okay. Next category. Let's do three musicians. It could be classical. It could be a band. It could be one singer songwriter living or dead throughout time that, um, and perhaps use this in a way that it's like, this is your opportunity to do it with people that you probably ever can't ever because they are already gone or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm being so bossy about it's your mash game. You pick whoever you want, but three musicians that it would be amazing to collaborate with. Um, Ray Charles. Great. Um, Vassar Clements, who I actually met as a child and knew as a kid, but I would love to now. Great. And um, Waylon, probably. There you go. <laughs> like, wait, there's Waylon, Waylon, yeah. Jennings, great. I'm like, there's so many. There's Jazz, Django Reinhardt, those cats. I'd oh, love to absolutely. hang out with those guys for, a you know, if I could, if I could be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, okay, what about you, tomorrow? You could potentially wake up with one of these three things. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's a skill. Something that you right now uh, don't necessarily have or can't do well that tomorrow you could wake up with um, and sort of down, have downloaded all the information into your brain. Like, oh, I suddenly know how to do, in the case of the movie The Matrix, Kung Fu. But any of anything right. like that. Okay, sewing. Great horses <laughs> right and uh, ice skating oh i've never been ice skating i've never been skiing i've never been ice skating it's the biggest cliche of someone from the desert you've ever heard <laughs> right love it <laughs> the best i, I, I don't I, get to i'll just tromp around to, yeah but i want to i mean listen once i get up in the snow i don't want to do anything planned because i'm so excited just to crunch around in it that i'm like totally. i'm good <laughs> totally. like, i don't need to strap on skis <laughs> Right, um, totally. <laughs> okay, next category is all right. So part of this mash game is the sort of like romance side of our imagination. So three people that, um, again, living or dead, could be a character from a book, could be uh, a actor who played a part in a movie, and you're just talking about that character. But uh, three people that it would be fun to have either sexy times or like romantic couple times with in this alternate universe we're building. This will be the first time I've ever even thought about or answered anything like this. I'm like, ah, I always steer steer clear of of this area of thought. Well, let um, me just give you let me just give you some insight into what people have said in the past to show you how wide open this category is. I mean, I've had people say, and this is one of my favorite answers, and it has been said more than once, the Fox Disney cartoon Robin Hood. Like we're talking wow. about a, a, <laughs> right. yeah, a Robin Hood so, who's a literal cartoon right. fox. So it's so wide open. So they so had a thing open. for, uh, what's his, Roger Miller. <laughs> yeah, I guess, that, okay. <laughs> I guess that's it. Right. I guess that's it. Right. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to go with like 
Donuts because uh, I know I it would be fun. Couldn't love this <laughs> answer more. I live in the comedy <laughs> world and I definitely agree. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to have to be somebody fun. Yeah. So somebody who, could, who else who could take me horseback riding? Ooh, um, good question. Let's, uh, well, actually, okay, here. It's from, a, it's a character. His name is Khan from a show called Five Mile Creek. It was an Australian television show. Great. That n- nobody I've ever mentioned it to seems to know what I'm talking about. But yeah. Khan. Khan from he was Five my, Mile Creek. He was my it. imaginary boyfriend when I was a kid. I love it. Perfect. I just Con need one more. You're doing Don, so great. Um, Con Don and someone else that rhymes with Don. Uh, Lucille Ball. Oh, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Take me out. Absolutely. <laughs> Take me out, Lucy. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Next category is... Uh, Let's do three. Now, listen, now I'm really going to stretch your creative muscles. Three, and these can be joke answers or they can be legit answers or any combination thereof. Three shows, like three big splashy shows in Branson that do not exist, but you invent them. Yeah, we should have one. Um, definitely. I definitely dream of this stuff. It's these, these are real visions for me. You I'm know? So, I'm listen, like, I'm, I love it. Um, I wouldn't to have to, you know, definitely have like a barn of the brand, the brand, and then, and I'll say this now, but I mean it, I'm going to do it one day, the brand new Opry. So we'll oh, have great. that. That'll be one. Great. We could have like a, a swing dance one. Oh, nice. Like big band, big band. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe like, I don't, I, I've only have two. Boy, those are really solid. <laughs> yeah. Like barn barn times and like swing in a, in like a, a dance like a real dance, great. No, I just put barn times also as a separate one. Cool. <laughs> okay, cool. That involves more we can have like, like people. A Marty Robbins up. tribute. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, great. Uh, we're almost done, so do not fear. Uh, next category is <laughs> any fictitious creature or existing creature that you didn't get to have as a pet that in this alternate universe it's all good it could be as big or small as you want uh three possible fantasy pets i've always wanted a raccoon oh dude you and i are sisters for life now because (laughs) i feel that i am a raccoon and i know a lot of people hate raccoons (laughs) if they stop listening to my podcast so man i love them oh they're so cool they're so smart i'd take fox great I would love to have a pet fox. Yeah, totally. and um, and I'll take a pig. Great, oh, fox, raccoon, and a pig. R.I.P. Uh, to your cute pig, your nameless pig. Um, okay, and then last one. Uh, so this is a this is a this is a category that um, a listener of the podcast named Shannon that I have since become friends with. She's my pen pal. I've never met her in real life, but she sends me, she's sent me a series of emails that felt like it was one of those like old time pen pal moments where I was like, Oh, you are, you are my friend. I don't know you, but now I know you (laughs) and you're my friend. So she was just writing me saying that, um, a fun mash category would be. So sometimes when I do the podcast, if someone's talking about like, Oh, and yeah. And then my sixth grade teacher, like she was just so amazing. And I learned so much from her and so I'll do this stupid bit where I go well we have a surprise for you Mrs. Blah 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 could you come in please which is total bullshit um, 
So it's a bad bit, a bad joke. But her version is, it's the category of what if I had, I had been able to create a surprise visitor for you like right now, where there are three people that you would be so excited, whether it's from your family, anything that if I was like, oh my God, we have a surprise for you, please welcome. And that would be three people who? Um, Ronnie Millsap, Waylon, Waylon Jennings again. Great. I um, like this because you've increased your chances of getting him. Patsy Klein. Great. Great. Great, great. Okay. Uh, pick a number between one and seven. Seven. Okay, great. While I do this, uh, would you mind telling the lovely people listening where they can hear your music? Anything else that you would like to tell them about that they should know about uh, <laughs> that they can, that, so that they can enjoy other uh, creative uh, products of your beautiful brain? Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, you can listen on Spotify. You can listen um, on YouTube. <laughs> you can you can purchase the album from Third Man Records, where I'm sitting right now. Nice. Come down to Layla's if you're in Nashville. Is that where you re- play regularly? Yeah, we we've been playing there about 15 years, and we always uh, have a good time down there. It's a family fr- family friendly bar situation, you know. Oh, cool. but like it's fun, good times there. Yeah, digital listening platforms. I can't even say I'm like Spotify is the only thing that's coming to mind at the moment. Um, SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this turned SoundCloud? into. Now I'm qu- now you're just having to answer like as if I've quizzed you about every possible place to listen to something. That feels uh, cruel and unusual, and I did not mean to subject you to that. So <laughs> oh no, not at all. Is, <laughs> the good news is I have finished your mash results. Uh, cool. I can tell you I'm very pleased, uh, very very pleased indeed with how this has all turned out. So first of all. Uh, I want to let you know that, you know, of course you, you had, uh, two categories in which you named a certain Waylon Jennings. I want to let you know that, uh, we have a surprise for you because Waylon (laughs) Jennings is waiting right outside that door as soon as we finish the podcast. So listen, you got yourself some Waylon Jennings, but in the other category of, uh, people you can collaborate with, you got, uh, Vassar Clements, which I think is also fantastic. Yes. So right, uh, big, big, big congratulations on that. I don't know Woo! if both of those people are going to be performing with you uh, during our bar- <laughs> our Barn Times Branson, Missouri big show. <laughs> but I certainly hope so. Uh, what, what I like about this, too, is that you now are an expert horse rider uh, and have Hell this yeah. like amazing connection with horses. So I, I, I listen, I want the horses to be treated beautifully. So if they don't want to be a part of this barn show, that's fine. But just know that there's a real tie in happening here with the horses as well um (laughs) i don't uh i don't i'm sure you're gonna be eating other things but i want you to rest assured that you will have in perpetuity uh limes at your disposal whenever you need them some delicious limes uh you are going to be experiencing um all of these good times with none other than con from five mile creek nice (laughs) did he have an australian accent i guess it was australian show he probably did I reckon. I don't even remember. Yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing Nicole so. Kidman was in it. Oh, my God. Okay. I got to look this up. She was had like super long, dark, red, curly hair and shit. Yeah. She really did. My, you, when, you, when you see her as a young person, you're like, oh, my God, the effort you must go to to straighten out those beautiful curls. Like, I guess yeah, people just and why? want what they don't have, I guess. But yeah. <sighs> 
Um, yep. Don't we all? <laughs> uh, seriously. So these and so this la- these last three um, I've saved because I am very 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 happy about them. Which is so Mash, which is the name of this game, stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, or House. And nice. again, by virtue of like a mini thing. Well, listen, <laughs> you did get the shack. I feel like that's what Ooh. is appropriate for Bisbee, Arizona. Like, what are you going to do? Live in a mansion? That's gross. Right. You totally. know, like you want to no, have this like, I'm a like, shack kind yeah. of gal. So I just imagine, <laughs> I just imagine like the sun setting and like you like bring in your groceries home, like walking up these crazy hidden steps that are like at a weird angle and like going up and going into your little shack and like you have a window that looks out of the sunset. I just see it in my head so clearly. And I'll tell you That's what else so is awesome. wait, who else is waiting for you there? Your pet raccoon. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, That's I'm awesome. so happy. I love it. I'm so happy. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I'm so glad we were able to do it remotely. And uh, I really hope you feel better soon. Because again, I know when I'm thank sick and you. I have a cold, it's hard for me to like a focus and b talk. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah. I hope we get a chance thank to meet you. in person. I've only been in Nashville once. Hell so yeah. now when I go back, I'll, I'll track you down. Awesome. Well, next time we're out there, please, I'll, I'll uh, let you know. Please, please, please. Really, for reals, please. Uh, yeah. I will hold you Absolutely. to that. Okay, cool. All right. Awesome. And uh, the rest of everybody, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JD Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.